0: The Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network presents Pods of Potential with host Andy Peterson, powered by the Iowa Soybean Association and the Soybean Checkoff. Pods of Potential delivers data-driven research and results to help Iowa soybean farmers maximize productivity, profitability, and sustainability. Here's your host, Andy Peterson.
1: All right, Mark, thank you, and welcome to the thrilling initial episode here of the Pods of Potential podcast. Could not be more excited to work with our friends at the Iowa Soybean Association and the Research Center for Farming Innovation. Joe McClure is here, Iowa Soybean Association, and one of our favorite cooperator farmers is Kelly Blair from the Webster County area, In the middle of harvest, wrapping it up, I guess, so that's start there. Kelly, how did Iowa Soybean Harvest go for you today?
2: It, it went well. It went quick. Um, it was kind of like, oh, we're starting, and then it was done. So <laughs> it's been intense. We just got some rain over the weekend, so we had a, a moment to step back, fix some things that maybe needed a little a little zhuzhing, and uh, and then we got right back into corn. So um, it's going well. We are happy with, with what we've seen so far, and, and on to strip-till and cover crops after after harvest is complete.
1: Well and since you mentioned that that's a great uh, preview I guess of some of the things that we're going to talk about those uh, uh, sustainable reduced tillage practices that uh, I know you've been cooperating with Iowa Soybean on for a lot of different years. Tell us about your operation though first Kelly and uh, how long you how you got into uh, production agriculture and and what all happens on the farm.
2: Yeah. So um, I farm with my husband, AJ, and our two kids, Wyatt and Charlotte, in southern Webster County. So we're about an hour north of, of Des Moines. And we have a diversified crop and livestock operation. We have cattle and pigs as well as row crops and some hay. So um, we, we were fairly busy most of the year. Um, and we're the fourth generation on our farm the blair farm aj's family um and we're raising the fifth generation and actually in this office my husband's grandpa was born here in the office that i'm talking from right now so um so some history there but um i met aj while i was attending iowa state and you know just ended up here and and that's that's all we've done so it's just just farming
1: The rest, as they say, is history. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Joe with the Iowa Soybean Association doing great work, of course, on behalf of uh, Kelly and AJ and uh, Peterson Grain and Ag, myself and all Iowa soybean farmers. Tell us a little bit about yourself and as far as um, what got you uh, involved in in soybean production and, and soybean research.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Andy. Uh, I, I, uh, grew up on a farm in, uh, Lynn County, uh, just north of Center Point, small, uh, hog farm with, with enough acres to support the, the, the pigs. And, um, uh, eventually kind of worked my way back. I, you know, I was going away from agriculture, but it, it took me about half of a, half of a bachelor's degree to realize that I wanted to come <laughs> back. So, uh, went to Iowa State, got, got a degree there and I've been working in, in, um, industry for 20 years and after 20 years of industry i was able to get back to the state of iowa been out of the state and back to uh working with farmers um directly i've been removed so i have been iowa soybean for for about a year and a half now and loving every bit of it so nice to be back in the state and back working directly with farmers
1: certainly um of course talking about the uh, research center for farming innovation as well uh which you work directly with um Let's uh, kind of give an overview, if you will, Joe, of uh, some of the activities for the year and, and what uh, what you've been involved in, what you've been working on, and it's now coming to uh, fruition as these combines, like the one behind me, uh, make their way through the field.
0: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a busy year. Um, so the Research Center for Farm Innovation um, involves a lot of act- a lot of things that 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 um, are. Value added to, to the landscape for farmers, um, and that's from a conservation lens as well as a profitability lens and, and a, pr- a productivity lens. So we've got a lot of projects going on that's, that's coming in through the combines this year, uh, this, this fall right now, um, that we'll learn about and we'll, we'll get, uh, data back to our farmers, uh, who participated with us, um, and, and really learn what practices, uh, added value to farms uh profitability and then from a sustainability po- point of view we've got uh, a lot of activities going on besides cover crop uh making cover crops work on our farms as well as edge of field practices uh some of them uh that kelly's probably going to share about a little bit today as well
1: yeah so we'll dive right into it then i guess since um, you both mentioned those edge of field practices and the cover crops Um, strip-till as well. That's one of the things that I appreciate about Iowa Soybean Association is a lot of the uh, checkoff dollars that are invested into uh, on-farm performance. So, Kelly, talk a little bit about what got you started with the cover crop and and strip-tilling aspect of uh, reduced tillage and sustainable farming practices and uh, how long you've been doing it and and how it's been going and and how uh, Iowa Soybean Association Research Center for Farming Innovation has kind of been able to uh, maybe uh, motivate you a little bit along the way.
2: Uh, so AJ was on the board of directors for the soybean association when we first got married. So I had to look back last night and our first trial with what used to be called the on-farm network was in 2006. So we weren't even married yet, but um, he did a, a trial of headline fungicide versus none. And so it was just kind of natural since... Since AJ was on the board, it was interesting um, doing some research on our own farm, getting some some of our own data and our own numbers um, is, was what kind of interested us. And um, over the years of farming, so when I first started farming with AJ, we were pretty well corn on corn, um, full tillage. We did have hog manure, but... Um, to today, where we've reduced um, tillage for the most part as much as we can. We do some strip till ahead of corn, but we've also tried a lot of no-till corn. We no-till our soybeans. We have cover crops. um, And we're we're interested in continual improvement and conservation. So um, on our farm, you know, we can, (laughs) most farmers, when we talk about what works and what doesn't work, we're comparing Oh the field across the road did better than the field over uh, over the hill and um which I mean that's that's how that's how we visualize and that's how we do things but by doing some trials with um with Iowa Soybean Association we're able to get real data replicated strips and and look at maybe what we're doing and get some real data as well as know how to set trials up because before like I said you look from Field to field, but here in the same field, you can look at, at differences or see differences. And if you can't see them, there might be yield differences, or there might not be. So, um, we've done trials with fungicide, um, cover crops versus no cover crops. We're in the seventh year of a cover crop trial with Iowa soybean um, cover crops versus no cover crops, and getting lots of data, soil samples um, back on that. We've done some no till, no till versus strip till. Trials, nitrogen rates, um, looking at different rates, you know, plus 50, minus 50 type thing and looking at AMS um, versus no AMS ahead of our no till uh, corn and some herbicide trials. So we've done a little bit of everything. And like I said, you know, it's that real data. Um, that we're able to take and look at over the years. Um, Whether or not we make big decisions overarching on the farm, um, it it really just depends. But we're able to actually look at it and and maybe decide what's going on if something doesn't work or does work and kind of fix anything that, that might be too difficult about, you know, when we were just starting cover crops, uh, you have to figure out what works for you and what doesn't and what your goals are. And so, um, we started cover crops probably, probably about 15 years ago. And I think our first trial, um, we were trying to do our own trial and we used, uh, uh, a four-wheeler to apply the cover crops. I don't think we ever got any data out of it. I don't know. I don't know that anything ever happened with that, but, (laughs) um, and now basically ahead of all of our soybeans, we grow non-GMO seed beans and ahead of all of our soybeans, we put cover crops. Um, and we, we mostly drill, um, all of that ahead of the, ahead of the soybeans, just because that's what works for us. And that's how we've done it. Um, and, we don't do a ton ahead of, of corn, just because timing um, and that and that type of thing. It just it's what works for us. So um, that's kind of the story in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! And you, that remaining on the cutting edge and uh, and and never giving up, trying to make things better, is uh, is exactly what it uh, kind of takes to move forward. And Joe, talk a little bit about uh, the role of the Research Center for Farming Innovation in supporting. Kelly and AJ's efforts and and uh, expanding to uh, to other farmers as far as um, what you continue to learn about implementing these practices on farm.
0: Yeah, um, what what Kelly described there is is absolutely truth. If if you if you did a, if a person does a comparison between fields or even between the west half versus the east half field, you may learn. S- something that you think is true and that could end up costing you dollars um, what you really want to learn is the west half field's better than the east half field not that the product did better or the practice did better and you could either make uh, the wrong assumption and miss out on yield uh, or you could make the wrong assumption and invest a lot in a practice or a product that that hasn't proven itself and so having a good replicated strip uh, trial uh, is very important to having good data so you can make Good decisions and that's what we're trying to do here is we we try to uh understand what farmers are asking what what the needs are uh across the state uh develop statewide approaches to our research uh with an uh with a, enough locations so the data can be local uh relevant locally um, so we want to make sure we have, we, we cover the state of Iowa and then have, have the distribution. So, uh, we can dial into a, a cropping district or, or a part of the state and still have the local locations there to, to really provide that story and, and, and insights for farmers if, even if they didn't do the trial. So, you know, check off supports, supports the work we do. We have great cooperatives like, uh, Kelly and AJ Blair. Uh, but there's a lot of folks, uh, that are not cooperators that are still paying into the checkoff and, uh, we owe them, uh, the same services and, and uh, provide that data for them. And we try to get that to them in, in a variety of, uh, of methods, whether that's podcasts like this one or presentations or written, uh, articles or wherever right way to go. But, uh, that's, that's our goal is, is really to try to answer questions and, and remove roadblocks through our replicative trials and then through our demonstration sites around some of the edge of field examples really help people learn and be successful quicker rather than doing it all on them, themselves
1: absolutely um and, and saving some time certainly there are different conferences the innovation to profit conference obviously is a great one in february as well that uh, can help um, so we've talked a lot about tillage we've talked a lot about uh, cover crops joe um and to Kelly's point about what works in your operation, if those two maybe don't, the edge of field practices and so on, talk about a couple of other things that you're looking forward to here in 2024 that uh, might be an option to, uh, to implement here as we kind of wind down harvest or, you know, 75% done on soybeans at this point of the recording, uh, 52% done on corn here in Iowa. Still got a ways to go on that, but as Kelly said, we're looking forward as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a couple couple of projects in 24. Um, it's not not a real exciting project, but I I really like it. It's a seeding rate project, um, and we we have that across uh, 40 about 40 locations this year. We're gonna do another 40 plus locations next year. And seeding rate, you know, some people may say, oh, it's been done. Well, as long as new varieties are coming out, new genetics yeah. are coming out, we always have to continue to look. Are we still planting the right amount? Um, because sometimes uh, our profitability for for an acre is not growing more it's cutting the waste out and so why plant 170,000 plants per seeds per acre when 120 will get us the, the same yield uh, have some key savings there we've had good success stories of people doing that and and saving uh, uh money per acre where they can invest elsewhere um so that's an exciting one because it's it's a low entry to 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 participate uh it's a fairly easy uh project and we've got a lot of participation and we've we've met a lot of new cooperators with that initiative the other project i'm excited about is a little more and in, and in, involved and it's an improved cropping system project we got a conservation innovation grant from department of uh of agriculture usda last year um and that project is partnered with iowa corn and iowa state And what we're trying to do there is layer on practices that have been proven to add value uh, in the in the cropping system uh, by themselves. But we're trying to layer them on to develop what is uh, recommended for 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 entire practice, for entire uh, uh, cropping system. And so we're looking at both soy and corn cropping system Uh, for some of our participants will be four year participants, some will be two year participants, but. Uh, at the end of the day, it's it's about the cropping system, not just how we can enhance one crop over the other uh, or ignoring the other. So that one's a really exciting one because of the ramifications, uh, the involvement with Iowa corn and Iowa soybean uh, with with uh, Iowa State, um, and and the intricacies. Uh, it'd be a hard one to pull off, but I think we'll get a lot of great information uh, that hopefully will help a lot of farmers.
1: Absolutely, that operation as a whole is is uh, very key. Seeding rate is interesting. You mentioned that. I know we saw the the research continuing with the April 12th planted soybeans. Took them 45 days to come up with the way that the weather kind of went. Maybe the the final stand wasn't quite as good as what we'd hoped, but certainly they branch a lot more. And so what we lost in stand, we certainly made up for in pod counts. Um, how that translates to final yield, of course, in a, in a very dry year, still very much learning there. But uh, that's yep. something that I'm looking forward to, uh, to participating in and in, 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 in hearing about next year, too. So, Kelly, what's your favorite practice for one? And two, what keeps you going? Because as Joe says, as the varieties continue to change, you have to continue to innovate and do research. But obviously, you've got cover crops mainly figured out now. So why do you want to continue to um, – maybe add in something else and and do the extra work that requires
2: um yeah like i said our focus on the farm is uh, continual improvement and conservation and so being being a cooperator with iowa soybean we get you know, to hear about some of the stuff and then try it ourselves. So that definitely helps us to move forward. Is is the people working with us talking through things, thinking of other ideas? And one of the one of the big projects right now that's exciting is um, we put in a drainage recycling project on our farm. Um, with the soybean association and e- epa and idols it's a pilot project and so we built a pond and we actually pump tile water from a main into the pond and we use an irrigation pivot to reapply that water um so oh, wow. it recycles that water um, oh, wow. this was the first year we were able to use it and um, i'm excited to see the data i haven't seen the data yet um i just got a question the other day a text to say what have you seen? And apparently other people are excited to see it too, which is which is great. Um, but you know we're we're Iowa State sampling that water um, in and out, and we're obviously we're learning about how to use an irrigation pivot. We've never done that before, so that's been that's been interesting. The kids are already asked. They asked, you know, can we stock it with fish? Can we get jet skis? <laughs> all that all that stuff with the pond. Um, but right now it's dry, and we can't get it filled back up because it's, it's too dry. But we were able to use it on the soybeans this year, although um, I can't tell you any data just from getting like a field combine but i think it was a good year for soybeans so it may not have been the year to see to see the yield increase um but hopefully over the years we'll be able to get data and and share that data and maybe show something um um, with that and in our area tile is the you know if you want to farm you better you better tile your ground because that's the only way you can grow a crop basically. And so by speeding that water up, we're obviously having effects downstream. And so it's been kind of a really neat project, kind of a a roundabout thing, because um, we went down to uh, New Orleans in 13, I think, and we got to see the lower ninth ward um, from, you know, for hurricane and, and flooding and all that. And knowing, The effects of flooding down there, and then I got to be on a uh, not a podcast, but an interview with uh, Iowa Public Radio with a um, shrimp farmer from down in the Gulf, and hearing his challenges based off of um, the Gulf hypoxia and stuff. And then to be able to actually implement on our farm up in Iowa, slowing down of that water, slowing down of the nutrients, um, the impact that that has on on those people down there. That we're able to, you know, we've seen. We've seen it, and now we can say we're trying to do something. Um, it's pretty cool. It's, it's really neat to think about that that cycle and and the circle of of life there.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what Joe talks about as far as uh, thinking about the operation of a whole or as a whole, right? With these different practices, and of course, you're talking about how the impact of practices on the farm here in Iowa to somebody that's 1,500 miles south. Involved in production agriculture, the shrimp farmer and and directly connected, which is really, really neat and and trying to make it better, which is um, a big uh, part of the value of the checkoff dollars that Iowa Soybean Association is uh, posting in. So let me ask you this, Joe: How do we get uh, how do we get involved? If uh, somebody'd like to get signed up, or maybe wants to start cover crops, that drainage water management component that you talked about, innovating on your farm, relay cropping is another thing we haven't discussed today. Habitat <clears throat> restoration: there's a wide range of expertise there. Uh, how do we get started?
0: Yeah, there there is a wide range of, of expertise and a wide range of, of real passionate people at at RCFI that that. Uh, really are excited to, to help out. Uh, I would, you know, my, my first thing is you give the office a call um, or or call or, or go to email, uh, I'm sorry, the website. Uh, there is a place there to um, uh, kind of click in and work with us uh, tab. So there's a, there's a lot of areas to do that or, or get in contact with the local um, uh, Iowa Soybean Research agronomist or local uh, Iowa Soybean Conservation Agronomists. Um, if that doesn't work. Find your director. Um, you know, like AJ used to be a director. There's a lot. There's there's 22 directors across the state. Um, you know, find somebody uh, or reach out to us directly, and and our our front office will direct it to the the call to the right person, and we will work with you on on any question you've got. We want here to help.
1: Absolutely. And I can speak to that personally, whether that's the directors or whether that's uh, some conservation agronomists that uh, are working really, really hard and uh, and and farmers who have participated, too. I'm sure Kelly would help uh, put you in contact with the right people or um, uh, several other folks. Mitchell Hoare is another one that comes to mind uh, right off the top of uh, my head. So this has been a fantastic uh, sort of overview, first episode, if you will, of Pods of Potential, where we uh, kind of take a look at a lot of different things. We'll hone in on some of these specifics here over the course of uh, other episodes. So we invite you to uh, continue to check out Pods of Potential. Kelly, Joe, thanks a lot for making time. This has been absolutely terrific. Thanks for having me. You bet. Kelly Blair with Blair Farm, Central Iowa, Joe McClure, and our friends at the Iowa Soybean Association, driven to deliver real-world results for you in the field with the innovative, profitable, and sustainable practices in the Iowa farm landscape.
0: Thanks for listening to Pods of Potential, a Driven to Deliver production of the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network and the Iowa Soybean Association. To find out more about any of the topics discussed in today's show, you can visit iowaagnet.com or iasoybeans.com.